Choosing a career in sales is a risk many people aren't willing to take. But if you can handle the risk, a sales career can be the most rewarding challenge you'll ever face. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the place where we study together how to win at the game of sales by examining unique strategies behind successful sales efforts and seek ways to find our own success in what continues to be a fascinatingly complex marketplace. If your goal is to create a standout sales career amidst the noise and endless competition, these discussions with leaders in the field will inform, educate, entertain, and inspire you. Get ready to uncover your unfair advantage. Welcome to the So You're in Sales podcast. This episode of the So You're in Sales podcast is brought to you by Badger Maps. Do you work in field sales? then you've experienced what I've experienced, leaving the house, driving around, visiting customers, and popping into potential new accounts without having a real plan of action. It's easy to waste time driving around until I tried Badger. Badger's a route planner for field sales teams, and it can help you sell up to 25% more by optimizing your driving routes and meeting schedule. Cool, right? Badger can knock 20% off the amount of time you spend driving around each day, and that's more time to get deals closed. Badger will also automatically update your customer information in your CRM, so it'll get your sales manager off your back too. Never be late to a sales meeting again, and start your free trial of Badger Maps today by heading to badgermaps.com slash podcast. That's badgermaps.com podcast and start your free trial today. You all are in for a super treat. I was fortunate enough to be able to welcome my good friend Bill Petrie onto the program for a discussion about branding and the ways that personal branding married to your professional brand gives you a leg up over your competition by giving just a little bit of a peek into what makes you tick as a person, which seemingly has become amazingly more interesting to people who are paying attention to your professional brand, maybe more so than ever before. So I brought Bill on to the program for a discussion about that as he's launched the Back 40 Smokehouse brand recently as a way to bring a little bit more of his personal life into what he does professionally. I thought it was a really interesting conversation. It turned out to be pretty far-reaching, so much so that we had to split it up into a part one and a part two of the discussion. I hope that you find some value from it I thought it was really interesting. Give it a listen. I believe that the most appropriate way to even start this recording as I will edit it together over the course yeah. of the discussion is to say, and we're back. What's up? And we're back. This is going to be bad because we haven't spoken in such a long time that this could sort of end up just being Bill and Roger catching up. And not an actual be. interview. <laughs> no, it, it could be uh, could be a lot of different things. But uh, you know, we do text occasionally, and and we stay in contact and all that. But no, this is the first time we've had a discussion, probably in a good year. I think actually, you've been a busy boy. As I was thinking about having you on and yeah. scribbling scribbling those notes furiously that you saw me send you on, literally. A receipt. Hey, hey, those CVS receipts are long for a reason. They're long for Roger Burnett to take notes to then video and send you what he's going to ask you about. So I want to thank the good people at CVS for doing both Roger and I a solid. <laughs> the, the 
thermal printer paper people really, really, really like the CVS. Yeah. They love that account. Whoever has it probably has the lowest margin of any of their transactions because you're getting paid in total quantity of feet, I'm guessing. <laughs> that's right. And and actually, that's the next target we're going after is the thermal print people. Um, the, the whole thermal print association better watch out. You're about to be brandivated. In the content game, yep. there's... I don't want to call it a Bible, but there's been sort of a, um, a mutually agreed upon set of criteria that I believe you, I, Kirby, many of those who those of us who are trying to put out content to keep our brands top of mind with people who might want to consider us as a potential uh, someone to hire mm-hmm. is this evolution towards rounding out our personal brands yeah while still <clears throat> continuing to publish and produce on behalf of the organizations we represent so here we have bill petrie suddenly has brought on and I, i'm sure it's been some time in the making but here we are with back 40 smokehouse which we can talk about the evolution of your brand as yeah. it became brand of eight but and there's all kinds of like vehicles that you've created within the brand of eight sort of umbrella but now you're plugging in this personal brand piece and i wanted to like talk to me about how you arrived at that decision yeah i got a lot of free time on my hands rogers so, what it boils down to i don't believe to. that for a minute bill petrie i just uh, don't i don't believe it at all <laughs> so so the truth of the matter is i you know a lot of people have a man cave i have this glorious, I'm blessed with this glorious backyard. I do have neighbors to either side of me, but I have this wonderful open space behind where we live. And and I treasure that. It's kind of my escape. It's not, you know, I don't have the man cave. I have the back, the backyard. I've always called it the back 40. It's an old Texas term for the last 40 acres on a large ranch. And I've just always been fascinated by the term back 40. I think it's, I think it's kind of funny. And so Cooking has always been a passion of mine. And so as I've taught myself through reading books and watching videos and making some horrific barbecue, (laughs) I've actually become fairly decent at it. And so part of the way I express my love to others, my love language, is by taking care of them. And by cooking for them. And that's been my family. It's been my neighbors who benefit from it. Um, and there, you know, people are always saying you should open a restaurant. I am under no illusion. I have any sort of ability to uh, open a restaurant, run a restaurant, manage a restaurant, make food good enough that people would want to come to that restaurant. However, it did get me thinking about the brand of a restaurant. Right. And much like our mutual friend. Danny Rosen keeps a running list of potential band names. I know you contribute to it. I certainly do. I have a running list in my phone. I've got two of them. One is for bars, names I would, if I ever owned a bar, what I might want to name a bar. And the other is a barbecue restaurant. And so one of the things I love to do is build brands. It's what I've done with, with everywhere I've worked, whether it was Promo Corner or here Brand of Eight, whatever. And I said, what if I just built a brand? Just for grins and giggles, called it the Back 40 Smokehouse. I developed a logo, and lo and behold, it's become this thing now. And the idea behind it, really, Roger, I didn't want to beat people down in my personal social media feed of weekly meat cooks. I'm like, 
I don't want to bother people so much with that. So why not create a space where if people want to see that, I want to give them a reason to see it, yep. but they don't have to be beaten down by it. And right. so it's kind of a, an evolution. You know, I was the pumpkin spice guy for a while, and then I was the Van Halen guy. I kind of like to be the branding guy. So it's kind of <laughs> one of the reasons I did it uh, just personally. It just, you know, and you've done the same thing with your your van life and, and what you're doing. And so I think it's just, you know, we're good at what we do and we enjoy what we do. Why not do it personally as well? And it's kind of fun. Yeah. You don't know it when you're doing it, but. Yeah. By creating something that's around your personal interest. Yep. If we've done anything successfully when it comes to building our brands in the marketplace, Mm -hmm. it humanizes us a bit. It It gives people a chance to see like, all right. What's this cat about when he's not being the purpose-driven marketing guy, when he's not being right. the brand of eight guy? You know, what's going on behind the scenes that's fueling those passions mm-hmm. that make it be something that we can tackle? Because for anybody who wants to think that another piece of branding is the right thing to do, oh, it's so much work. But yet, if it's from a place of passion... Like it, where it you're is. coming from, then yeah. eh, it's really just adding what we're already doing from a capture, communicate, distribute perspective from all of the other things that we're already doing, right? So it's just kind of folding it into the portfolio. 100%. People still buy from people and brands they know, like, and trust. That's not ever really going to change. I don't care what the technology is. I like, know, and trust Amazon. So I have a very committed relationship with Amazon, right? So creating something like the Back 40 Smokehouse is a way to share a piece of myself that I'm comfortable with, that is consumable, that people like. I get I hear from people, well, hey, can you teach me how to do this or show me how to do that? And I love that. I love doing that. I met, benefited from that. All of us benefit benefited from uh, people helping us uh, learn things. So it's just been a great thing. I want to learn. I am constantly hungry to learn. That's why I've learned how to barbecue and and i now i'm at the point where i'm looking for exotic meats like i want to make my own bacon i've never done any sort of curing and things like that and i know you're not a meat guy anymore but you can relate at least that i want to learn how to do that and i know i'm going to make some bad bacon but i'm okay with that i want to learn how to smoke cheese i want to learn how to cold smoke things like that well you need to get your behind down nashville i will do a vegetarian smoke for you and your bride and you got to come down and we can like mash up some weird content. I love it. Uh, it's definitely on the docket. So I, I just want so to wrap up this little, this piece of what we're talking about. So yeah. as you started bringing back 40 to life, yeah, did you realize the personal part of the overall brand that you've been able to build? Or was that more of a, like, it doesn't matter I'm not thinking about it in that context. Like what thought did you give to that piece of what you were doing? Like I said, the initial thought was really, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, when I look at my own social media feed, my personal social media things, it's like the same thing all the time. And it's right. gotta, it's, if it's, it's boring to me, it's gotta be boring to other people. So I wanted to create this place where it could exist if people wanted to see it. But then it 
did take on an intentional life of its own. Okay, this is an extension of, of who I am as, as a person. Everybody who knows me and engages with me on social media knows I call my backyard the back 40. I've done it for years. So I created a space on Facebook for it. And then, well, now I have a space for it. I got to have a logo. So I created a logo for it. Well, if I have a logo, hell, I'm in the branded merchandise industry. I got to have some swag. So now I've got some merch. And so it just is continuing, continuing. And so it was intentional that that's a place where it can be its own entity with my voice driving it, just me. It's not for my wife. It's not for my business partner. It's not for my kids. It is for me. And so uh, they may be tagged occasionally, but that is my place. And is my happy place. It's my place to kind of experiment too. You know, when we talk about building brands, you know, how do we do it the right way? how we do it the wrong way. It's not like the right and wrong way from a judgment perspective. It's what works and what doesn't. So So it's a fun, very, very true. Yeah. It's a fun playground. It is a fun playground and giving yourself a chance to experiment in your own personal play box, sandbox. If you were Elon Musk, that's kind of your Twitter, right, babe? Hey, if I was Elon Musk, I'd be charging people right now to use Twitter. <laughs> Apparently, that's what's going to happen anyway. So, <laughs> so Brandivate and social yeah. emotions. Yes, sir. Kind of got started at the same time. Roughly so. Yes, sir. Within a few months of each other. Yeah. We each, if you look at the construct of the leadership team, we have mm-hmm. an old white guy and a younger yep. female. Yep. We've each sort of said, hey, younger female, yep. you've got a, you got a big old part of what's going on here. This Man. is not the Roger show. This is not the Bill show Nope, by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I love how there is these, these similar, similarities yeah. between what we've created. Yep. What's going on over at Brandivate? You know, it's something you and I have not actually spoken about so this will be interesting you know if you look at back at the arc of of my personal career whenever i've been in a position to hire people i've always intentionally skewed younger um i believe you know look i was young too believe it or not folks there was a time i was young and i swore i was never going to be out of touch with music I am horribly out of touch with music. I said, man, I'm never going to say that's the way I liked it back when. I say that all the time now. So having that younger perspective intentionally there, it really is important. And so I've always hired younger, skewed younger, and I've always given them the opportunities to ask whatever question you want. And if you think I need, if I need to justify what we're doing as your, as your leader, and I put that in air quotes, if I can't explain it to you, how the hell would anyone outside this organization care? Right. And so to me, it's been, I've always skewed younger and want to give them the freedom to ask me hard questions. And so I always want, you know, when, when doing brand of it, I wanted someone I could, I respect immensely in Kelsey Cunningham and someone though, who would also push me and push me really hard. And I think it's kind of like what you, with you and Kara, I might be out front because I got a big mouth. Man, <laughs> I don't know how to shut up. But what she does behind the scenes is so integral to the success we achieve. I can't even really put it into words. I mean, honestly, she does things I can't do. 
she does a lot of things I can't do. And they just happen to be a lot of the times behind the scenes. And so, you know, you get to see Brandivate Bill out there. And, and, and that's part of, you know, what we do in terms of a lot of the content creation. But she does a lot of those things that people can see. She does Wondering Wednesday, which is one of our pieces of content. Um, and she has a lot of input in the midweek marketing moment and, and things like that. But she has so much behind the scenes that people can't see. She has a unique perspective. I'm sure Kara has the same thing. She provides that unique perspective that makes things better. I don't have that. I, I, I'm a planner. I'm a, I'm a grinder. I, I r- trudge and push through things. She can very quickly assess something, uh, su- su- suggest one slight change, and it's instantly from good to great. Such unique, rounded perspectives, it gives the overall organization a better perspective. She does things I can't do. And I think I would assume, if I could reverse the whip and ask you the same question, I would assume Kara does the same thing at Social Good Promotions, or very similar. If I'm solidly the visionary, which no one's going to dispute that there's someone with a vision in the organization, I mean... (laughs) what we created was very specific and for a very specific reason that really came from my time at promo cares that made me realize like, Oh my God, I can't be the cheerleader. I have to be the tip of the spear to show people how it's supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. She's the operator that makes this whole thing run. So Mm -hmm. without my vision coupled with her ability to actually make the orders get created and out the door and to the people. We just aren't who we are. And I'm not going to say that I couldn't run the business absent Kara's participation, but it's anytime you have a partner of any sort, whether it's a 1099 employee, whether it's somebody who works for you as a W2, or if it's just someone from outside the organization from which you have a relationship, there's one thing to have someone that you've selected I can do a task for you. It's something completely different to have someone who cares the same way you care, put the same kind of energy and effort into that task that you would do it yourself. That lends to things coming back where you don't just go, okay, yeah, that was done. It's like, oh my God, look how amazing this is. Yeah. And how powerful that creation becomes when I can go take it to the street. So mm-hmm. I would be a little bit more of a hamster on the wheel, I think. And I don't think that we would have grown as fast as we've grown. Right. Had it not been for her being willing to firmly hold both of my dreamer feet to the ground and say, where are the orders? Where is the pipeline? (laughs) Where are all of the things that are going to be necessary for us to be able to grow the revenue line sufficiently well for you to see your vision come to life in the way that you want it to, Roger? Get your ass out there and go do the work, right? Right. So I'm so thankful and grateful to have had the opportunity to have her in my life for her to sense what it was that I wanted to do Mm. and for her to go, hey, I want to help you make that be a thing. Here you are, year cycle, we're calling this cycle four. It's year three, but it's kind of cycle four for us. Okay. So- uh, I too would ha- have these, but I'm interested, like, give me a couple, like, man, I'm so proud of what we've done. And then give me a couple, like, Ooh, that was a learning <laughs> moment. Like, you know, <laughs> what have been some of the high, po- high points and low points along the way? I think building our brand voice, uh, we've been really intentional about that. Um, and I'm very proud of 
when when I think when people think of Brandivate, there's a lot of aspects that go into that, whether it's my blog or Kelsey's Wondering Wednesday or the Brandivate Beverage of the Week or the promo upfront podcast that I do with Kirby or the Midweek Marketing Moment, which we just launched a few weeks ago. Very intentional about mixing a kind of creating, you know, a lot of brand voices are very flat. They're very one-dimensional. And we intentionally tried to create a almost like a living, breathing entity. Um, so sometimes it's music and sometimes it's, you know, we have very different tastes. Sometimes it's about having a cocktail at the end of the week. Sometimes it's about, hey, here's a hardcore marketing thing you need to look at, potential customer or just anybody who's listening. And sometimes it's a little bit of entertainment on the podcast. So it's it's a rounded thing. And I'm really proud of that voice. I think we have a unique voice in the industry. Um, people tell us that. So I don't I don't say that because I think so, but people people tell us that. Even our random social posts are cheeky and have that, you know, warped sense of humor that Kelsey and I share um, because that's just who we are. So I'm very proud of that. I'm also very proud of what we just recently did, which was reformat our website. One of the biggest challenges I think we've had, I know we've had, is, okay, I've heard about you guys, but what do you do? Mm -hmm. I don't have products to sell people. I don't have tangible things. That's not something brand of eight does. We don't do that. But we took a, a leap and said, we need to redo the website. It's elegant and that's fine, but it's not driving customers right now. So we took a very bold move and it started by building a page, the two pages, one that says hire us and one that says don't hire us. Mm -hmm. And it sits there right on our website. So the hire us webpage it is kind of an overall what we do. And we actually took the bold step of listing products. So we have strategic services and we have creative services. Strategic services, we can monetize. I know, we know how much that costs to sponsor that podcast. So they, I'm going to put the, we're going to put the pricing right there where everybody can see it. Yep. Nobody does that. So, but we also did it for things like, you want a marketing plan? Boom, that's what it's going to cost you and this, this, and this. And then on the, the creative side, well, I don't know what they're going to cost. We have no clue. We need to have some discussion with you to understand what that costs. That was number one. And then we put a whole, don't hire us. If you're not willing to dig in and do the work, if you're not willing to challenge your own way of thinking, if you're not willing to open your mind up that there might be a different way to accomplish these things, we're not for you. We're 100% not for you. And that's cool. Go go somewhere else and do something else. So I think those are the two things I'm really most proud of when I think of it. When I think of things I'm not proud of, I don't know if it's not proud of, but, you know, learning opportunities. Or, I think it's having to balance marketing brand of eight while expelling so much creative energy marketing our clients. Um, sometimes that gets lost. You know, there's only so much creative energy in a day. Right. I used to use this analogy because I've been out of work. You've been out of work. And my mind tells me I need to sit at the computer for eight hours all day long to look for a job. When the truth is, it's probably about a 45 minute long activity. And beyond that, you're just, okay, I go to ESPN here. I'm going to look at that there. <laughs> okay. Maybe there's a new job posted. I mean, it's just not reality that someone can look for a job eight hours a day. It's not also not reality that 
there's enough creativity to go around and then bouncing around between different clients who have different brand voices and getting your head in that space and then trying to bounce out and, and to do it for Brandvate. That's very difficult. So what we've instituted, uh, I, we have Brandivate days once every couple of weeks where that's all we're doing today is we are focusing on Brandivate. What does that mean? How do we get our message out there for our own marketing? I think the other one is uh, kind of what I said earlier getting pricing right. I mean, a lot of what we do is time-based. Mm-hmm. And so it has everything to do with efficiency and communication, time, time, time. So we've learned some hard lessons where we provide a digital, what I, we would call an asset to someone. How many revisions before we start charging them? Right. Right. And how long does this take? What is it expectation from a partnership perspective where we would get feedback on something we delivered to a client? So we have time to make those revisions. So we're not running around like a chicken, like chickens with our heads cut off. So I think learning how to price properly has been been a challenge. Um, and, And so, you know, again, you don't have something concrete. So you kind of calculate someone comes to you with a project, go. I guess I'll take about 10 hours. Okay, sounds good. And then you just hope and pray you're right. Don't know until you know. Uh, The analogy I'll use here is we're going shopping for a new construction home. Mm -hmm. We go to the subdivision. We go to the model homes. Yeah. And we envision ourselves like, all right, like I could maybe see myself living here. Or you go into the other one, eh, not for me. Right. By creating things that people can walk into from a model perspective, what you're doing yeah. is you're giving somebody a chance to see themselves in your house. Exactly. Exactly. And that was a thought. That is so point. important in a consulting kind of job because yeah. if you leave it up to their imagination, there are so many people who will never be able to conceive what that house would look like. 100%. That they'll just drive down the street and buy a house that's already exists. Right. Well, they, problem, right? they, we, I knew we were falling into a problem. Kelsey knew it. We, we both knew we were falling into this trap of people think we're maybe more expensive than we are. We, we, we're, we're pricing ourselves out of the market without even having a conversation. Okay. I have no problem charging the prices we charge. Neither one of us do because there's value in what we do and that value needs to be compensated properly. But to not even get ourselves in the conversation was short-sighted. Yeah. And so, again, it was a bold move. I, 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 when we were looking at reformatting the website, of course, we went to a lot of different uh, you know, digital marketing websites outside of our industry. Not a one of them had pricing. Right. Not a one of them. Like, well, let's try this. And I got to tell you, it, it's, it's been good for us. It's, been, it's sparked conversation, and that's important. Again, that's part of our marketing. The thing I'm always looking for is that when the client goes, that's great, but Mm -hmm. because the but means they're already envisioning this. Yep. And now they're envisioning it in their own terms, which means Mm -hmm. they're bringing us along for the discussion, which is exactly what we want. Right. And for many people, it's like, no, the spec home is cool. And I like that. Mm -hmm. And down the road, after I've lived here for a while, maybe I get some more money. Maybe I make some remodeling. Maybe I do some Mm -hmm. remodeling. Or I walk in the house and go, I already have cash in my pocket. What if we move the fireplace over here? (laughs) Right. What if we put an island in the middle of the kitchen instead of having an L? I have the money to do it. Would you be happy to build that for me, Bill Petrie? And the answer, of course, is unequivocally yes, right? The lesson I learned a thousand years ago when I worked at Halo Branded Solutions it was at the genesis of company stores. And the thought was they were going to have three levels of company stores, a brand mart, a brand store, and a brand mall. 
and and you know not one client bought them because <laughs> I would like the brand store, but I don't need those two things. But can I have some of that? So everything became a custom yeah. solve and halo allowed that to happen back in the day with the way we have our prices structured on the strategic side. That's the price. If you want something else, that's fine. And, but that might be, that's going to be a different conversation. But if you want just that, that is the price. Yep. That's what it is. Yep. And those prices may go up. I don't know. Whoever has access to the website knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, from a distributor perspective, I think what we're saying is not unlike if I'm going to bill for my creative services mm-hmm. yep. to help build a campaign that maybe has merch attached to it, then I should be mm-hmm. able to, even if somehow I'm going to wrap that into the cost of the unit, mm-hmm. the people need to know that the creative is part of what goes into the cost of what's going on. Right. And if we're not letting them know that that's the case, then that's the problem we create for ourselves. 100%. And if people are squeamish on the distributor side, and I understand why they are saying, I I don't want to charge for creative services because now they're not going to buy from me. There's a very easy way to around around that, in my opinion. Of course, I think you should charge for creative services. Figure out what your hourly rate is and charge that. I really do believe that. But you can also build value. When people don't see something, they can't perceive value. And so you can always put a line item on your invoice of four hours of creative time at $100 an hour, $250 an hour, whatever the number is, and then zero it out. Yep. So at least people can see, okay, oh, oh, okay, I see what that costs. Yeah. If you're not going to charge for your creative services, and that's fine, point, put it on the invoice, point it out to your client. Hey, I just want to give you understand. I want you to understand we're providing creative services. We don't, we're not going to charge you for those, but there's value to them. They need yep. to understand that. Yep. If you need a chance to see it, call us. I got an invoice yep. example I can show you. There you we go. do it all the time. Uh, you even go so far on the podcast to say, I could charge for this, but it's free because somebody else paid to make sure that you get to have this for free. Exactly. And I think that's brilliant. That's super mm-hmm. smart. It also then establishes a value on the part of the sponsor mm-hmm. to say, okay, I get that now the person who's listening should have a increased perception of my brand by virtue of the fact that I paid mm-hmm. for you to be able to listen to that for free. I say it occasionally, like you said, platinum content like this wouldn't be available without the good support of our pals over at Brand X or whatever it may be that week. Absolutely. And it's true. It's been awesome. It's been it's it's a it's a living example of what we just described that people can go back and hear you say it time and time and time yep. and time again as an example of what we're talking about. All right. So I'm in the entrepreneur organization as of 2022, the entrepreneur yep. organization accelerators job is to take businesses that are more than $250,000 in revenue, but not yet a million dollars and help them get there. It's been exciting. There's a lot about it that's fueling our growth and helping us achieve the trajectory that we're trying to accomplish in our quest for a million dollars this year. And there are four in-person education, full day sessions that you have to go and unplug yourself from your business and spend time in. So on people day, they brought in a speaker that has helped exit over a half a billion dollars in businesses. And he is the same age as you and I, Bill Petrie. Wow. That's awesome. (sighs) So as we're listening to this amazing success that this gentleman as the same age as you and I was able to accommodate, 
in the course of his illustrious career. He asked but one question of all of us, yep. of which I am going to ask the same question of you, Bill Petrie. He oh, said, boy. what's your end game? What's your end game? And what he meant was, yeah. at this stage of your career, if you don't know when it's over and what that's supposed to look like, then you will make decisions that don't feed what right. it is you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So that really helped me understand that I needed to figure out what my end game was, which I now have done. And it is uber articulated. Yeah. Bill Petrie, where do you come out on your end game? Uh, when in, in transparency, you, you sent me these questions. That's the one I was like, Ooh, okay. <laughs> I need to really think on that one. And, yeah. and so I have notes here. I'm going to kind of glance at okay. it, It's very tough because when, when we started brand of eight, the immediate goal was to build something that mattered. What does that mean? Advertising in the promotional product space has been, and I'm being kind here, inelegant. It has been product-based. It is um, five or six products on a virtual eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper with 0.06 font and weird pricing codes that has absolutely nothing to do with the purpose behind the product. And so we really wanted to change that, help suppliers sell product, because that's what they do, but help distributors like yourself sell purpose, where they are maybe a little having difficulty doing that and telling their story. At the time, I don't think Brandivate was built for a specific endgame other than obviously to um, uh, employ uh, the people that work here. I think as we look at what the end game is, we do have scalability plans. We do have goals in terms of revenue and profitability. I, you know, that's not to say if someone had a check with a lot of zeros on it, I wouldn't be more than happy to go work with someone um, again. Uh, that's not to say that at all. Um, but I don't have that specific other than numbers where Kelsey and I want to hit. Mm -hmm. I don't have this specific end game. Like I want to sell the company for X and work for Y, which I think is, is probably more pertinent uh, to your, uh, would be a more pertinent answer to your question. So it's, I'll be very candid with you. It's something I'm going to give a ton of thought. On Because I think like you and like most entrepreneurs, you and I joke that we've been accidental entrepreneurs, we've been uh, intentional entrepreneurs. I think we spend so much time scrambling from one task to another to make sure all the little holes in the dam are plugged. Meanwhile, trying to grow and scale the business, trying to make sure everything's paid on time, make sure you're paid on time, all these things. There's precious little time to really think, okay, what, what do I want this to be? And, and I need, along with Kelsey, we need to spend some time on that. Um, so I don't, I, I know that's really an un, a non-answer to your question, but it's that's an okay. honest one. That's okay. An and, one. and there's been, mm. so, so our good friend, Jonathan Irvin, mm -hmm. in our collective entrepreneurial journey said something to both Melissa and I relatively early on in this process that has grown in meaning to me over the years mm -hmm. since he said it. Yeah. He told Melissa when we were trying to make the decision about unplugging from a regular paycheck and becoming a straight entrepreneur. Yeah. The, the journey is the destination, Melissa. 
Yeah. And so that's a lot of the, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Okay. So it's okay to admit that I have a car and I'm here for the drive because I want to see where it's going to go. And there's nothing wrong with that. What that exercise that that gentleman put us through gave me the opportunity to recognize was I kind of know where I want the car to go. Yeah. And so now that I'm in a place where I've driven this thing for a little while, Mm-hmm. I've gotten a better understanding of when we get to whatever I want as a finish line, I know what I want that to look like. Right. And by being able to communicate that to not only Kira not and Melissa, but our suppliers, our mm-hmm. prospective employees, our potential right. clients, I can paint a different picture about what the future might look like because I know what the end game is now in a way that prior to that discussion, maybe in much the same way as when you get this video today with these questions on this receipt, yeah, you say to yourself like, well, shit. Yeah. Let me spend some time thinking about that for a minute because maybe it does mean something. So concludes the audio portion. Okay. Bonus video content. Now we're gonna go into the bonus video content section because Uh, 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 that's the end of the audio section. If you want to hear the rest of what gets discussed, you're going to have to hang around and join back with us next Wednesday when I release the video enabled portion of the So You're in Sales podcast where Bill asked me a couple questions and I did shave out some content from the body of the longer interview as well. And we will probably post that as a part two of what became a very expansive interview between Bill and I. I hope that you got something of value from that. To me, if nothing else, if you haven't come up with a way to really price your services, including the creative that you do for your clients, then maybe you're missing out on showing the people that you do work for the true amount of value that you're providing for them and to them as a part of their choice in choosing you as the vendor for what it is that you do for them. So if you're not doing that, at the very least, please give some consideration to your pricing model and the way that you are suggesting the uh, items that you're providing to your clients is a way of uh, making yourself stand out from the competition. If somebody you know would benefit from that conversation, please do us a favor and share it around with them. And if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please do so. It's a result of the subscriber base and the quantity of listens that you provide to our back catalog every two weeks that allows me the opportunity to reach out to new and interesting guests like Bill today. I hope you took something of value from that. We look forward to hearing from you again. Until next time, this is Roger signing out.